Tom Motormouths, Ditch and Bud on News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. Here we go. Welcome to another Saturday, another weekend of talking about cars. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud. And we are the Motormouths. Got a lot to talk about today. Got a special guest coming up uh, a little bit later in the show. I'm uh, a big fan of his of uh, his work, and we're going to talk about the wholesale market, which affects the retail market uh, incredibly. And we have a guest coming on next segment we're going to talk about. His name is John Clay Wolf. You've probably heard of GiveMeTheVin.com. That's coming up. Also, uh, let's talk about how you can reach out to us. We always encourage you to do so because, like Bud says, we're car guys. You know, we, we we may not be experts and everything, but we can be your car guy who uh, knows a little bit, knows enough, and actually uh, it's a community. So reach out to us if you have a comment or a question at 901-683-0989. And, of course, on social media. Of course, we got the motormouths.com. Just email us there, anything you got. Of course, I'm on Twitter at Bud Motormouth. And every Monday, I play Car Mechanic Simulator on twitch.tv slash thortyundead. You can interact with me live there and share any issues, gripes, complaints, concerns, anything you want to talk about car-related. And car-, car Mechanic Simulator is a fun game ditch. I've been... I've been addicted to it for the past couple of weeks. Can you learn anything from it? Yeah, I would say so. Um, especially, like, if, again, people come into my stream, ask me a lot of questions, and having that visual there to be like, this is what it looks like when you put a piston in a cylinder, and this is what a what a wishbone suspension looks like, and so on. So, so it, it's, it's, it's realistic? It, it, to a point. There's, there's funny little things that don't make any sense, like a fuel pump that's in the gas tank on a carbureted car. But <laughs> aside from those little things, and my favorite part about it, too, is they, they, the names are uh, copywritten. You can only get the names names if you buy like the additional content so when oh. i was rebuilding a ford pinto it was the 1972 salem flamo the hinata kagura that's instead funny. of the evo so <laughs> I, I love i love all the 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 fake names for the, the car companies and whatnot and you know those of you who have found the twitch stream and come by and said hi i'm glad to hear from you it was great we did have some fun times talking about some of the cars that we were working on it's a it's a fun little game and you know the, my favorite part of it is is going to the junkyard and buying a junker and then repairing it and trying to sell it What's nice is it doesn't have the part of the experience where you go on Facebook and post it and a bunch of bots message you and you have to try and figure out if they're actually interested in it. The game just lets you sell the car. All right. So first of all, um, we're going to talk about what you do when your gas mileage starts to go bad. I mean, there, there are some simple things that you can do to look into that. And we'll uh, we'll get into details about that here in a few minutes. Talk about cars that are classics that may become pl- classics that may never become classic cars. And really kind of what goes into categorizing a classic car. Uh, I think what it really comes down to is the generation that was uh, that were teenagers when those cars were popular. That's when you see that, that those are the people that are going to decide what's going to be a classic. And the demand for those cars. Yeah. And so I like, think pop culture plays a huge role in it. Yeah. Look what like Fast and the Furious did for like eclipses. <laughs> well, look what Wayne's World did for the AMC Pacer. It was the nerdiest, ugliest car. And people and, wanted to and have people one. people wanted to have one when that movie came out because it was cool to see Wayne and Garth driving around on that and you got blue like, pearlescent uh, You got the iconic Pacer. ones like Bullet, you know, yeah. uh, Steve McQueen. So we'll talk about that here in just a few minutes. I, I do want to mention everybody at this point, I say everybody, most of us uh, have seen the video of the Kia Soul flying in midair. launched into orbit, man. When I when Bud first sent me that video, I, my first question was, yeah, f- this is great. Looks, look, Somebody edited this really good, but it it's legit. Yeah, and it's it's terrifying. You got to watch it a couple of times because it happens so fast. Uh, for, for those who don't know what we're talking about, there's this video. It, it, you've probably seen it on a 
on social media, if you're on social media at all, uh, anything car related, everyone's been posting this. This you're, There's this Tesla, it's dash cam footage. They're in the left lane. Kia is in front of them, and wheel breaks off of a pickup truck, gets in front of this Kia, and then the Kia is launched about 10 feet in the air, uh, flips over, lands upright, and then the wheel, just for the extra insult, rolls into it. and At and, the rear end. Yeah, and kicks it. But yeah. uh, at that point, the car was demolished. And actually, you know, I looked into it, Ditch. The driver walked away with with no uh, limited injuries. You know, the airbags employed, deployed, uh they, they they bumps and bruises basically. It no, looked no like a bones. Hollywood stunt. Yeah, and the crash occurred on March 23rd on the 118 freeway, Chatsworth, California, and uh, as as Bud said, a white pickup on the right side of the Kia the tire came loose. The whole wheel came off, uh, which is you know how often does that happen? Not, Not very, very the, often. The, the, Basic, basically, the standing order at most of these uh, auto shops is if you allow that to happen once, you're fired. That's it. Like oh, if yeah. You, if, if you have, a, we call it a wheel off. If you have a wheel off situation, then you're you're done. If you failed to torque, uh, for, failed to torque wheels. When when I was at the tire shop, the rule was uh, first off, our torque wrenches were owned by the shop. Uh, technicians didn't use their own torque wrenches for wheels, and they were calibrated every three months. And because you figure they're used hundreds of times a day so they were calibrated every three months they'd get rotated out and every car had to be torqued by two people so you'd, you'd set it to 100 100 foot pounds or whatever it's supposed to be you'd go all around the car torque every single lug nut and then you'd hand it off to uh like for me i was the i was the the one of the service managers they'd hand it to me and i would do the second round to make just, just to, double just to check. make sure because those those kind of again the, the catastrophe that can happen if a if a wheel rolls off the car and you know you think about it from the perspective of that Kia Soul that they probably didn't really realize something was happening until they were flipped over and on the ground again because yeah, yeah. it was so, so fast well so and this was this was a, a lug nut issue on that truck it, 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 I mean it, mine it's hard broke to tell. off when the knuckle broke because I hit a pothole yeah mine broke off but it it didn't completely detach from the truck right i think it was i think it was a hub snapped i think the hub the bearing something in there if you know if the if the bearing locks up and it's just grinding away and it heats up i could see that causing causing it to happen the the reason i don't think it was a lug nut situation is those tend to happen kind of slow uh comparatively mm -hmm. because because when you watch that video that wheel is fine and then Gone. It just snaps. Gone. Yeah. Uh, there was no wobble or anything right. indicating that when, it's about to go. Right. When you have uh, when the lug nuts loosen slowly and it gets worse and worse, the wheel starts to wobble. And that's that's one thing too. If you drive away from a shop and anything starts to feel irregular, check it immediately. Don't wait until you get home. You know, like it, it, no, you know, God forbid that actually happened. But it's it's just as and you know the the thing with that Kia is that's a total lesson in just wear your seatbelt. It doesn't matter how good of a driver you are, how great your record is, how well you maintain your car and take care of it and take care of yourself and and drive defensively. Stuff can just happen to you. I've I had I had once I was on the highway and I witnessed this. Uh, I saw a yeah this is this is a lesson in don't drive right next to semi trucks. I witnessed a, a tire blow out. Those blowouts are violent, man. They'll they'll blow the windows out of your car. I yeah. saw this happen to a car. Uh, it was it was a little sedan. I don't remember what it was. Maybe a Ford Taurus. But the the tire blew out on the semi truck, blew out the windows, and you saw the car just swerve and slam into the guardrail oh. because because you're so disoriented. You're just driving. Everything's fine. You're doing 70, 80 miles an hour. All of a sudden, all your windows explode. I like, I tell you, and I have uh, I have uh, seen this. I've seen a tire come off. But this is the, the one I saw was on Germantown. Or I was on Poplar actually in Germantown, and it was a lug nut problem. The girl said because I stopped to help her that. 
she had just left his tire shop. Right. But the point I want to make is the velocity that that tire was rolling at, and she was going maybe 30 on Germantown Parkway, or excuse me, on Poplar in Germantown, 30, 35, 40 maybe. This, these, this traffic on this interstate in California was probably doing 75, maybe 80. Yeah. The velocity in, uh, of that tire rolling, and that's why once the Kia launched, that tire launched that Kia, the tire kept rolling. It oh, didn't yeah. even dis- It they, didn't even disrupt of- its pattern. Yeah, and they, they just have so much energy. Yeah, you know, it's 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 wild, man. And I'll tell you this: a technician that that allows that to happen, they only ever let it happen once, one time. And and it, it's unfortunate, you know. Again, uh, young technicians, up of and comers, you know, they start out at these these starter shops and stuff. These things do happen, unfortunately. And it's uh, I, I I I hate to see I hate to see a massive catastrophe. I've had I've had once when I was working at the shop, a car came back and said something's wrong, and the wheel was wobbling really hard. And uh, they had to let the technician go. It was, it was, it's not working. Hands are tied. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unfortunate. And the truck, when it lost his wheel, uh, you see the truck veering very slowly off to the right uh, hand side because he could have flipped as well if had he not handled that, uh, you know, probably. And that guy's looking at new control arms, new knuckle, a lot of uh, suspension work. Yeah. It's not not a good day. So that 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 was the big car news of the week. I think uh, at least one of the big stories. That, that is one of the most viral automotive videos I've ever seen. Man. Now, if you can't get enough of that content, you can go on YouTube and just search "idiots in cars." And there, most of the stuff is just people being kind of dumb, getting into fender benders. Yeah, uh, something like that. That's not idiots in cars. That's like actual tragedy. You don't see a lot of that going on, but. Uh, there's those videos, you know, um, Nate, uh, uh, Jake brings this up on The Nation of Jake. Sometimes when you see videos like that, you look at it and go, did I just watch someone die? You know, like it's it, some of them are pretty horrific and, and traffic accidents are really unfortunate. Wear your seatbelts, folks. We need to have some sort of a segment. We, we need to call, uh, you know, our electric vehicle segment every week because there's always news about it. And you know what? As we do this show every week here, the Motor Mouths, uh, we, we learn something new every week as the advancement of EVs continues to move forward. Right. And uh, and you there, can't you can't avoid it. There, no, it's it, it's in the news, and we're the news, you know. And uh, th- there is the self-driving electric Chrysler vans, and this company called Waymo is actually taking them off the roads. They have retired their entire fleet. It's a delivery company. It is uh, Google's self-driving division is decided that uh, they are going to replace the self-driving Chrysler vans uh, and replace them with Jaguars. You know, Ditch, that actually reminds me, I got to show you this other video that went viral of these older guys, these guys, it must have been in like their 80s, taking a ride in a self-driving Jaguar. Oh, man. Jerry says he's scared. (laughs) I am too. In other words, you're selling these? Well, where's Jenny? We got big... Amanda, look at you. Amanda, but won't, won't this car get a, what are the cops, cops will see this. Here we go, intersection. Oh. <laughs> I don't, I'll never, I'll never forget this. Never. We're turning. Amanda. We're coming up on a car. He did a better, the car did a better job than the, if somebody was driving. You just said the same thing. You two said the same thing. That's funny. That's good stuff, man. Yeah, absolutely. They, they were just so blown away by by the experience. I think they, it was one of those they never expected to see that. They never thought they'd be riding in a self driving car. I'm still waiting for the opportunity. I'm not. I'm not as uh, terrified of it. Again, I'm not. I, I, uh, I sooner or later they'll they'll get it right. I just I, again, it's it's one of those. I don't want to be in the first generation. I'll wait till it's till it's been established for a while. Let somebody else be the guinea pig for it. Yeah. Once they get all the 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 bugs worked out, I'll be more than happy to get behind. Once the, uh, once the they're, they're like they're, we've got the data that they're safer than cars driven by people, then I'll then I'll. 
And there are some issues with them, that's for sure. Oh, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're not ready. They're not ready for it, but uh, one day they will be. The only problem I would have with a self-driving car is if I know a better route to get where I'm going. Yeah. And I'm trying to yell, who are you going to yell at? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then uh, the old joke is if you if if somebody, if a self-driving car cuts you off or does something you don't like in traffic, who are you going to flip off? Yeah. What I'm kind of worried about is we reach a point where they say, "Okay, now you can't drive a car. Now it's yeah. now it's only self-driving cars." Now I'd be I'd be okay with like a, a set of lanes on the highway that are like hyper fast, and that's for you know that's self-driving. for self-driving only. But yeah. as soon as they say you can't get a license, you can't drive your cars anymore. I'm gonna start I'm gonna start to get upset because driving is like one of the most enjoyable activities on earth, as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, Ditch, I wanted to get into this. Uh, I was I was filling up my my Jeep. I've been driving that Grand Cherokee now for uh, a couple of months. And I noticed that I was filling up a lot more often. Now, I, of course, it's going to get worse mileage than my my HHR. It's got double the engine, a lot more weight, and all that. But it still felt like it was not not very good. It was it was getting about twelve miles per gallon. And I looked them up, and they should be getting about seventeen. And uh, the way I do it too, and I recommend anybody do this if you're if you're uh, if you have the, the the nerdy capacity like I do. The uh, get get a notepad open on your phone. And whenever you fill your tank, fill it to the brim every time and calculate how, uh, how many, uh, you know, write down the mileage and write down how many gallons you put in it. And I also track how much I spend on it just to see how much money I'm spending every year on gas. But if you do that every time, you can figure out how many miles you've driven since the last fill up, divide that by how many gallons you bought and you got your gas mileage. Yeah. And it's a great way to have an early indicator that something's wrong with your engine. Now, a lot, again, a lot, of, I've talked about this before, a lot of modern cars, they have a mileage tracker in them and they're fairly accurate. But if, uh, if you have something older like I do, the, the Grand Cherokee, it doesn't have anything like that. So I track my mileage just to make sure that the engine is, is so performing when properly. You, when you discover that you're losing mileage and you're starting to get uh, bad gas mileage, uh, what are some of the so, things you can do? It's pretty simple, some of the Oh, stuff. yeah. First thing you do is look at the air filter. That's the easiest answer. This, this happened This happened uh, when I was driving up to Chicago uh, last Christmas. A uh, car we were in was getting 13 miles a gallon. We got there, I pulled out the air filter, and it was black. And that was kind of on me. It should have been changed sooner. On the way it's home, it's got to be able get, to breathe, man. Yeah, I, was, I was getting 19 on the mm-hmm. way back. It's so wow, important. That much? Yeah, that's how important. I mean, the, the the air the air flow coming into the coming into the intake is yeah. so important. And if, if you have like if you're I've seen some horrific air filters come out of car, and, and the ones I've had people tell me to put back in. Or it's 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 terrifying like how much how you know you're, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna bypass you know 15 20 bucks whatever those air filters yeah, are. You're gonna, for, for for this, and for you're going to end up paying. You're going to choke it so yeah, bad, choke so much. It, yeah. It's not good for the car either. So that's the first thing I checked, and the air filter was it was fine. It was like it's like probably coming up due relatively soon, but not so bad. It, it shouldn't be accounting for about a third of my gas mileage. How going bad. how how effective is it just to clean it out yourself? Just I, shake it off. They, just they tell you it. not to do that. Okay. They say the fibers will come apart. Uh, I I don't know. I, I I would rather just replace it. You yeah. just get it. You get a new one because you're not going to get it all out of there. You know, people used to say, "Oh, just blast it with the air hose." And it, it, it's one of those. I can't tell you the science behind it, but every every class I ever took and every shop I ever worked in and every technician I worked with says you don't do that. And there's probably some very specific reasons. You're going to degrade the fibers of the uh, of the air filter itself. Now, K and N filters are the exception. Those are designed to be cleaned mm-hmm. and they're they're like 80 bucks or 120 bucks depending on the car i put one in my 
in my Cherokee. They're supposed to be good for like 80,000 miles, but you have to clean them. And they, there's like a solution you get and you clean them out. And it's it's an extra step, but I, I, I don't know if they're that much more economically viable or if you're really if they're really going to give you any increased performance or anything like that. In a, in a little 85 horsepower four-cylinder, it's, it's hardly going to matter if you put a K&N in it. The next thing to check, and I'll have to do it this weekend, is the spark plugs. Once the gaps on the spark plugs start to, over time, they, they get bigger yeah, because the, yeah. the metal wears out and just from all the detonations, they, they wear out. It, uh, even just a little bit uh, out of spec, you'll start to lose gas mileage because your, your detonations get delayed. It, even if it's like, it, like, you're talking like a fraction of, of, a, of a thousandth of an inch, uh, the, the, the gap in the spark plug, if it starts to open up too much, your detonations are going to be delayed and you're going you're gonna to be uh, getting terrible gas mileage what out of that. What else can you do under the hood to... Uh, is that pretty much those are the two main are, things for two, gas mileage? The two first that's the that's the first things on the list. Uh, ignition coil again, depending on the age of the car. Nowadays, the ignition coils are individual coils that go on each cylinder. Those also go bad over time, but not as fast. Not, it's not as uh, urgent as spark plugs, and it's not as um, it's, it's not as impactful. But it, it's goes. Those are kind of sooner or later. Those have to be done. You know, uh, if your car still has a distributor, if it's an older like '90s or earlier mm-hmm. car, you know, the distributor points in there need to be adjusted. And and there's a, there's a lot of I mean the, the older the car the more adjustments. Spark plug car, wires, uh, spark plug wires. Those kind of get done when you do your spark plugs, but you're not really going to see like a massive drop in gas mileage unless one's loose and you're missing detonations and stuff. But that, then you're going to start to reach a point where the check engine light comes on. If the check engine light comes on, I mean that's your that's your fir- that's the first place you go. That's that's the issue with my Jeep. The check engine light's not on, so uh, I can assume the, the the oxygen sensors are good. Oxygen sensor goes bad. That's that's going to lead to bad gas mileage almost immediately. And uh, the uh, the mass airflow sensor, that's the one that lives in your intake. If that goes bad, you're going to yeah. be getting bad. There's so, once you get into the sensors and the check engine light coming know, on, there's there's a uh, a plethora of of items that can go wrong underneath the hood. That airflow sensor, I think, is out in my truck, and that may be my problem. I've replaced that thing twice now. I'm not surprised. Uh, uh, I, I just don't understand why it keeps going out, but whatever. They get beat on pretty hard. Yeah, but it, but if something's if you're replacing it that often, something else might be happening. But your truck your truck's on life support, man. So I don't think that much. might be the least of your worries. Now, what the, about speaking of life support? What about your tires? And that the was effectiveness my, that was of, of just tires. about to go there. If you're driving on low tire pressure, you're going to get garbage gas mileage and and a, a whole host of other issues. It's it's very unsafe. I, I can't stress this enough. I've talked about it many times. I'll say it again for those who haven't heard me say it. If you're driving on low pressure, it's only a matter of time. Before before you blow the tire out because what happens is the car rides lower than it should on the tire and it pinches the sidewalls it's like creasing a piece of paper when you when you crease a piece of paper that's the weak point now that's where you can tear the piece of paper the exact same thing happens to the sidewall of your tire the pressure goes low the tire squishes down and now it's putting pressure on the sidewall and now you're on the highway doing 85 miles an hour heating up the tires real bad and uh, we call it the ring of death in the tire shops they bring it in and there's this this like faded uh, like like carved out sidewall, and oh, you point wow. to it and go, "You need a new tire." Yeah. No, it's it's holding there. It still has tread. It's like no, no. You you see this? That's gonna explode real soon. And it, it I've seen a lot of tires go down that what's, way because you just drive on. Lo- you got to keep keep pay attention to your tire tire pressure. What's the theory of replacing one tire versus two or all four? If you somebody comes in. This happened recently. Someone asked me, "Why did I have to replace all four tires? They weren't all bad." Was it an all-wheel drive car? Yeah, it's an all-wheel. That, yeah, but the the main with all-wheel drive, you need to keep the diameter of the tires as close 
to each other as possible. If they're more than two or three thirty seconds of an inch, if they're not within that diameter of yeah, each other, yeah. you, the it puts a lot of strain on the gearboxes. And that's something they don't tell you when you buy the car. You find that out later. And at the, at the very least, you can do two at a time. It's not recommended, but like if you need to get by for a while, but. It's it's definitely recommended you keep them all uh, like within within range of each other and and you know I've said it before I'll say it again you got you got to take care of your tires and what would drive me nuts is folks that would you know hey the tire pressure lights on and I'd be like okay cool how long has it been on oh not not very long just a couple of weeks and it's like no it, a couple of minutes a couple of hours is the is the only answer that's really acceptable there take care of it you know couple of very simple things that you do right there to improve your gas mileage and uh, especially when you start to discover your gas mileage is going down check the air filter first. Uh, spark plugs, tire pressure, those are simple things you can do. It makes it really easy. You know, but I was going to come I was going to I was going to give you a list of 10 cars that are uh destined to never become classics. Uh but the Motor Trend article has gone. Oh, it's, they, it's, they must have made someone upset. It's disappeared. I wanted to bring it up cuz HHR was on that list. No, no <laughs> yeah, sure sure ditch. That 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 article's real. I believe you. Yeah. Yeah, so we're not going to talk about that, but we are going to talk about the wholesale car market and just when will car prices come down used car prices when will we start to see a decline in those we're talking with john clay wolf of givemethevin.com coming up next i'm ditch i'm bud and we're the motor mouths the motor mouths ditch and bud on news talk 98.9 all right welcome back to the Motor Mouths, if you haven't figured out by now, this is what we do. We talk about cars. Cars are a very important part of everybody's life, from the maintenance to it, to uh, owning, to buying, to selling. Uh, and, you know, if it's just a utility car, one that just gets you around, uh, and that's your concern, there's something for everybody here on the Motor Mouths. You can reach us on social media. You can find us on themotormouths.com. Send us an email. Check out what we got there. All our previous episodes should be posted. You can find me on Twitter at Bud Motormouth and live every Monday, Thursday, Friday on twitch.tv slash Undead. There you go. I'm on Twitter at Ditch. Makes it pretty easy. And, of course, our Rick's Powder Coating text line is always there, 901 683 0989 uh motor mouths start it with motor mouths and then your question or comment we don't get to it this week we'll get to it next week yeah now i brought up before we went to break this list on motor trend of 10 cars that will never become classics and there were more of the car it's gone by the way because i I can't talk about it because uh specifically because they pulled the article down and i wonder who, you know, what car manufacturer they made mad. And I would say... One of their advertisers was like, no, 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 no. No, no. It's probably going to be Chrysler because there was, I think there was more uh, Chrysler branded products because AMC ended up getting absorbed by Chrysler and there was some was AMC 1988, cars. yeah. Yep, there were some AMC cars on that list. And uh, but the other one that was, that really caught my attention because Bud drives a black Chevy HHR. One thing I thought about the HHR, you prefer rear-wheel drive, but that's not a rear-wheel drive car, right? Right. Delta platform on the front, uh, it's front-wheel drive? Yeah, and it's the same as like a Cobalt or a uh, Saturn Ion. Uh, I didn't buy that car for performance. I bought bought that car because I needed a little four-cylinder economy garbage box to haul around in. And, you know, it it fits my needs really well. It's got a lot of cargo space in the back, a lot of utility. You know, you fold the seats down, it's flat. Uh, I can kind of treat it like a pickup truck. I can get... get like eight 
two by fours that are eight feet long in that thing with the hatch with the hatch. Oh, there closed, you go. I you mean, know? so it was the original HHR was that it was a panel transport wagon basically. Right. Uh, the, 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 the yeah HHR stands for Heritage High Roof, so it, it, it is based on those those classic like do, sort of Dodge trucks. From back in the day, but um, what's you know, again, funny is the roof on yours, the new models. What is it? 2011, 20, 20, 2006 to twenty eleven. The roof is not high. I mean, you gotta, I mean, you sit up straight in that car. That's one thing I like about it. It's very comfortable to drive because yeah. you sit up straight. You're not like leaning back, and uh, I always kind of like that. And the doors are big, so you you kind of stand up in and out of it. So it's. Uh, I mean, but again, I didn't buy that car because it's going to be you know worth a uh, hundred grand someday. The only ones that are really going to be worth something are the panel wagon stick shift SS's. The SS was the, it had the 2.0 turbo. There were only, uh, there were only 256 panel wagon stick shift SS's produced. So those, the, the rarity of those may be, may be worth something, but hardly would call it a classic. It's not something people are going to be like restoring and, or you collecting. Know, just to be clear, the word classic does not necessarily mean, because uh, uh, rare, Let's look at it. I mean, look at all the muscle cars, mass-produced muscle oh, cars yeah. that are classics The now. Yeah. You know, they, they, which, so it's not necessarily, it's not always the rare production of cars. It's just the demand for the generations as it's a car, as Bud said earlier, you drove in high school and now you're older, you got the money to buy one, maybe restore it. That, yeah, that's just like what, right now, a lot of 90s cars are becoming, uh, you know, these kind of sort of... Um, I mean, it's too soon to call them classics, but they're becoming like collector cars or hobby cars because, uh, you know, guys like I was I was in high school, you know, into the 2000s. But those were the cars I was seeing as a, as a young as a young guy that were going fast. You know, like we were, ta- uh, you know, like the the 3000 GT, the VR4, the yeah. all wheel drive, you know, these these uh, the, the Miatas are, are, are popular. And then right now I'm in the market for a 350Z. Uh, but it, cool. it, the drifting, the drifting community has got my attention. I've talked about that. I'm, I'm kind of getting into it. So, uh, but I did see this article that is still there. Uh, it was on Jalopnik. They've got 25 cars that are soon to be classics. These are mostly from the 90s. I'm not going to go through the whole list, but some of the ones I saw in here were kind of obvious. The Plymouth Prowler. Uh, those things were so goofy, and people made fun of them when they came out. But the the big thing I, I saw this on uh, Hoovy's Garage. He bought one, and there the big change to these is if you get one, you can get a uh, a uh, change in the there, there's a, there's like a kit you can buy to change the gear ratio in the rear end. And it gives it a ton of low-end torque and actually gives it some serious power. Because the V6 those, they put in those things wasn't great. Those Prowlers were... What were they trying to accomplish with that car? Because it had I mean, the wings in the front. I mean, it's we're convertible. talking about it, aren't we? It, well, it, it was like almost like a Roadster or something. I don't, it was yeah. a... Bizarre looking it was, car. It was like a hot rod. But, yeah, but yeah, it, they're they're goofy. But um, there's a there's a huge following for them now. There was only two years of production. Yeah, they they didn't they didn't last. They didn't they didn't hit another kind of a Chrysler flop. Uh, another one on here, and this one's this one's kind of easy. The Honda S two thousand. That's their like rear wheel drive roadster, kind of an answer to the Miata. Those are pretty cool. Those are those have gotten really popular. Uh, I know I know I, I my nephew wants one. I kind of want one. They they're, do look like Miatas. Yeah, they're they're, they're that same market. That that sort of uh, British Roadster inspired mm-hmm. rear wheel drive uh, car. Uh, the Dodge Viper, obviously, that one. That one's a no brainer. Um, the uh, the the Pontiac GTO, which a lot of people consider that a failure when they kind of resurrected the GTO, put the five point. What is it? A five nine? A five three? I think it's a five nine. They put in that little. It looks it looks just. Uh, 
It looks like a little cobalt, like like it's it's tiny little thing. But uh, those are badass cars, man. Yeah, they 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 were all right. They they just didn't they, for how small it was and how big the engine was. They didn't uh, kind of have the performance people wanted out yeah. of them. But they're still again, it's it's one of those now that people who wanted them back in the day are starting to get their hands on them. Uh, this is one I I wanted was the uh, the the Lexus SC four hundred. It's uh, a V8. The, the 400 is the V8. The three the 300 is the inline six, and they were kind of like a luxury coupe from Lexus. But anything Lexus is is just is just awesome. I always I, I almost bought one of these once, but it, it sold before I could get my hands on it. And then of course the Miatas on the list. Miatas are are going to be they, they were those were again those were super mass produced, but there's a huge aftermarket following uh, behind those. So those are those are just a few. I, I gotta ask. Uh, I'm gonna have to ask John about my Miata and uh, and my other cars when we when we get our when we get him on the phone here. Okay. So as promised today, really excited to have have this dude on with us here on the Motor Mouths. As a matter of fact, you can hear him in uh, right before us on the Motor Mouths on our sister station right down the hall on 98.1 The Max. John Clay Wolf from the John Clay Wolf Show also GiveMeTheVin.com. John, how you doing, man? We appreciate you jumping on with us here on the Motor Mouths. I'm good. It's nice to be on an actual car show because my show is more TNA and grab ass than <laughs> cars. We 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 like a little bit of that. We like lie. a little of that. Come on, man. We're we're all guys. You're guys who like cars. Like a little bit of that. A uh, very entertaining I, show, though, man. I do so much cars during the week. I mean, it's it's such an from dusk to dawn, sun up, sun down. When I get on the air on Saturday, I really just bust off to have fun. I really don't even want to talk about cars, but it. it but um, we hope you it, do right anyway, now. Anyway, it is to be on the on a real car show. Mine's not a real car show. Mine's a fake car show. Well, but what you do with relation to cars on your show is is pretty. Uh, I think it's pretty intriguing. And I when when you first started doing this uh, years ago, I thought, man, this what a concept this guy's got. So for those who don't know, uh, give me the vin.com is his uh, company and you literally when you do your radio show you you literally offer people money for their cars based on just information they give you right right i'll i'll jam you through this as quick as i can so no bs i'm the largest wholesaler in the world now uh, short of carmax but that's like a publicly traded company so so we bought and sold the last two years each year right at two billion dollars worth of Wholesale cars at GiveMeTheVin.com. And how it started, I mean, I started 28 years ago in the wholesale business, but how the radio thing happened was I was in a motocross wreck, and I was paralyzed. Never going to walk again. This is your new life. You're in a wheelchair. So I was like, how do I continue on with my career? If I'm on the radio, they won't know I'm crippled. They won't know I can't walk. You can't see that. So I started this radio show um, for something to do. And I had to use my senses more in buying cars without being able to walk around them. And then the radio thing, I mean, I'm good at it. You know, I'm not, not to brag, but I know I'm good at it. And I was like, maybe this will be my career. So I, I really was going to change careers from cars to broadcast, started doing everyday weekday radio. And I'm like, if I can beat, if I can beat Rush Limbaugh in this time slot in this city, then I'm going to continue with this. Um, and I did. And then it went to Dallas. Then we started back on Saturdays. It grew and grew and grew. But the, the, over the years when I was bidding people's cars, sight unseen over the phone, these dealerships would call me. Hey, John, I got a, you know, back then it was a 99 Rolls Ghost, blah, 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 blah. And I'd say, you know, 120000 And the guy sitting next to me would say, did you really just offer 120000 for that car sight unseen? I'm like, it's what I do, yes. 
And so I brought that concept onto the radio and let the public see it. So we were the first ones. I was the first one to do that publicly. Then I created software to mass produce it. So give me the VIN.com was the first company to buy cars sight unseen over the computer. And then Carvana copied us. And then Echo Park copied us. And everybody's copied us now. But we absolutely were the pioneers. I got to ask you about Carvana because I've kind of had a weird fascination with them because when I originally saw Carvana, I was like, there's no way that's going to work. No one's going to want to buy cars they haven't driven yet. They can't last. What do you see going on with Carvana? I've, I've, I feel like it's always in decline, but it hasn't gone bankrupt. So I, I don't know if, what, your, what your insight is on that. It hasn't called bankrupt because nobody has let the fat lady sing. The fat lady is trying to get out to sing and no one will let her because the bankers, yeah, the deal's broke. Yeah, oh, it, that's, it, that's what I thought. Right. It didn't work. It did not work. And um, there's a reason. Transportation is a big part of it. You know, people see different prices around the country, but you have to figure out. You're in Memphis, and you see, oh, in Oregon, I can get a you know, power stroke for two grand less. Yeah, but it costs two grand to move it to Memphis. If you're lucky, so, it's only two grand. Exactly. So, so that that that's a huge obstacle that Carvana ran into, and. Um, they're advertising. They just bought the market, so they bought the market share. I mean, spending five hundred million a year in advertising. And, they yeah. and then you got all those trucks. They're hauling them around in, having to maintain those. Like the overhead has to be has to be ridiculous, yeah. even, even compared to a dealership. The, the business model is, is is just not. And, and so, it doesn't work. It, Carvana, Echo, um, Carvana, Vroom, Shift, BP, all these disruptors have all been disrupted. It did not work. So, one thing I hear, we got John Clay Wolf here on the Motor Mouse, and uh, I'm trying to get as much questions for you as I can here, because I'm I'm really happy to be excited to be able to talk to you, because I've had a lot of questions for you over the years as I've listened to your show. From the car's perspective, you, what is the state of the market like you i know it's not this tree that you talk about that helps you <laughs> give you what kind of tree do you have i what, in one of your recent spots were oh in. the brad the, the brad, brad prepare my front yard yeah when it blooms game on that's the peak that's the i got on the conference call that i have with all my buyers i said we're peak market right now here she goes and it was it's declined the past three weeks about two percent since that uh, bloom it's weird but it's true i have a tree that tells me when the market's peaking so <laughs> that's that's the point here. Uh, you seem to have a pretty good gauge on stuff, but it's it's also because of the volume that you do. Uh, so we get asked on on the motor mouths about well, what, where when, when is a good time for me to buy a used car? This is from a consumer perspective. Yeah, because we keep we keep pricing. Seeing- we keep seeing all these, these uh, you know, a lot of people online saying, like, any any day now, the used car market's going to crash. It's going to recover from the COVID stuff, and it's going to crash any day now, and it just doesn't happen. You know what's funny is people ask you that question. You can give them the answer. Here's the answer. October, November. That's the answer. But then they want to keep talking about it. Well, what if, what if, what if, what if? Hey, you asked me a question. Here's the answer. October, November. When When Halloween hits is when the S hits the fan seasonally in the used car market in between Halloween and Thanksgiving is your best time of the year to buy a car as a consumer. That is the bottom of the cycle period. End of story. The reciprocal of my Bradford pear tree in March. So John, Clay, John Clay Wolf, you, you also uh, have a, a pretty strong opinion. And I heard this a couple of weeks ago on your show uh, and we talk a lot about electric cars here on the Motor Miles, primarily because Ford's building this big-ass plant right up the road here. Uh, but 
what do you think? I, I already know what you think, but tell our audience here on the Motor Mouse your thoughts on the uh, on the electric uh, market. I think it's a pipe dream. I think it's a joke. I think it's sad. I hate what they did to the Mustang placard. I'm all for saving the earth and being green, um, but you know what the the damage that's done to create these batteries is it's just as bad as in a different silo and the truth is is you know what percentage of the cars on the highway that you see today have 80,000 miles or more on them i'm going to guess 70% of the cars on the highway right now that are listening to this show have 80,000 miles or more on them you go do that to an electric once it gets over that 80 grand mark those batteries are going downhill fast mm-hmm. just like your iphone or your droid when it starts failing, it goes. And to repack those batteries is 10, 20, 30 grand. It will never, ever, ever work. It is fundamentally flawed. It's a joke. Yeah, that's something we were talking about, Ditch, that the uh, it's just not economically viable to swap the battery. You just replace the whole car at that point. So you're not seeing these 200,000 miles or 300,000 like your truck. Uh, uh, hanging in there. So uh, if I if I could, I'd like to I'd like to put you to the test. I got a couple. Of, <laughs> can I can I throw some of my cars at you, t- and you can tell me what uh, what do you think I what do you think you'd give me for them, or what I could get for them? I will. Yeah, I will. But just FYI, I mean, the, I have to. I, my space is not classics. I I can hit it. Oh, close, it's fine. But I can't. Oh, I don't. Yeah. Uh, not all. Of, not all of them are. are I don't think any of them really qualify as a classic. Maybe my 1950 Willys, but that one's that one's never going to be for sale. <laughs> Let's impress them. Let's do it fast. Year, make, model, miles, average, rough or clean. Let's go round one. All right. So, uh, 2000 Jeep Grand Cherokee, 127,000 miles. It's the the 4.7 all wheel drive. Mm-hmm. 3500. 3500. All right. Uh, 1995 Mazda Miata. Mm-hmm. 178,000 miles. That car's you know. It, it, it's a little track car. People gra- grab that to go to the um, m- the cross thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's same thing. It's thirty five hundred. Thirty five. Okay. Um, you nine- can get more more from a stripper for that car. You know, <laughs> strippers love those cars. That, you always say so. Um, like the beach eclipses. Yeah. The uh, how about a 1992 <laughs> 3000 GT uh, Mitsubishi with um what was it 158,000 miles? But which one? It's not a oh, VR. Not, not the VR four. It's uh, junk. Next car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I got rid of that one. Um, all right, I got uh, I got one more. 2010 Chevrolet HHR, 95,000 miles. Uh, LT. So it's an LT. Does it have leather and roof by any chance? No cloth. Really, just take all your cars and put 3,500 on them in average amount. That's go. what they sound like to me. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Bud's got a 3,500 dollars car collection. Oh, my, my 98 Cherokee, I guess, <laughs> would be the the only other one. I was offered more than that. Well, hey, but uh, we're averaging. Some yeah. of these, I didn't want to hurt your feelings. They're worth a little less, but I went in and said thirty five hundred, so I didn't have to argue. I, I, I knew what they were when I bought them. One of the one of the fun things, though, about what what John does when he does this on his show is people think their car, then they're going to get more from someone else. It's uh, it's funny to listen to you, uh, and people try to argue with you and argue you up mm-hmm. in price. Right, and I am arguable on something I can fall in love with. The 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 key to these cars is desirability. If you have something highly desirable. Like when you said Mitsubishi, um, I was like, VR4, VR4? Because, like, if you had a VR4, then I was going to, when we got off the air, I was going to try to talk you out of it. Because <laughs> I, know, I know the cars that will make money, and that's the desirable merchandise. And just junk is junk and stuff is stuff. But there's a, the, you know, the difference between S and Shinola. I'm looking for Shinola. And, you know, a 70,000-mile, 96-power stroke, four-wheel drive, leather, factory leather that's a 10. I mean, what's that car worth? A 97 model, you know, a six liter. I mean, is it worth 10 grand, 20 grand, 30 grand? It's worth a lot, right? So yeah. it's worth more than people think. 
and that that um, the Miata, if it's got the big wheel and it's got this package and it's really low miles and it's the right year, it could be worth a lot. Yeah, I've so, seen those sell for so pretty that, pretty good prices. Um, yeah, can, so that's can I, our job. Go ahead. Oh yeah, let me let me throw one more at you. My my favorite, my. 2003 Mercury Marauder, oh, yeah. 93,000 miles on it, and it's 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 in great condition. Needs to paint. I need to paint the bumper. That's about it. Ten grand. Okay. Wow. There Not you bad. go. Oh, okay. John, I mean, you, you've got a real car there. I mean, thank you for actually bringing a real car into the conversation. <laughs> I saved the best for last, right? <laughs> and well, well, right. I mean, that, but but, but so, so people that don't know what that is, that's a big V8 hot rod. That's the that's Ford's version of the Impala SS. Back and it's in better the day. than an SS. I'll, I'll I'll die on that hill. It's got the uh, the Cobra motor in it. Was it the Mach One motor they put in that one? Right, and it's a it's a, it's a limited production car, and it's worth a lot of money. Eleven thousand seventy two produced. So when you call our show and say, "Well, I've got a 03 Mercury Grand Marquis," you give him ten. Why are you giving me fifteen hundred? Because it ain't the same, dude. Yes, I, I 100% agree with you. <laughs> but that's another hill I'll die on. Is there, is there one last thing, John Clay Wolf? Is there one uh, 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 mistake you look back at you've made on a car or a... Shouldn't have let it go? Sh- no, either shouldn't have let it go or, man, you know, Teslas. I don't know. You, I, I, that's a bunch of money I shouldn't have spent on those cars. Do, do you have those? I'm sure you got to have those in your history, well, considering the so amount of cars you you're asking me four different questions in one sentence, and that's fine. I'll, um, the Teslas, like one day I sold 200 Teslas in one setting at the auction, and we lost about $300,000. Wow. That was the biggest uh-oh moment I've ever had. And that was last August. We'd been making a fortune on Teslas, and we just bought them and bought them and kept giving more and more and more. And then the, the, the forums around the country, all over San Francisco, New York, go to give me the VIN, go to give me the VIN, go to give me the VIN for Teslas. And we were making great money on we were buying them but by bulk, and then the market shifted. And it was like, uh-oh. Um, so that was a uh-oh moment. There's never a car that I've sold too cheap be- that I wish I would have hung on to because every time I sell a car in my auction lanes too cheap, then the next guy that bought it, the guy that bought it makes money on it, yeah. and he comes back to us to do more. So that's how we built such an ecosystem where we have such a massive wholesale buyer base. Because those dealers around the world have made so much money on our merchandise because we do sell plenty too cheap that it, it gives us the liquidity to be, be able to sit down like yesterday, Wednesday, or I mean, I know the Saturday's edit, uh, like this week's auction, we sold $52 million worth of merchandise in four and a half hours. Nobody else on planet Earth has ever done that. And the only way you can do that is to not get every single penny on every single car so that the next guy can make a profit if he'll come back to see you. It's all about that. So it's all about volume. You're, yeah. Like, like volume makes it. He's, got, yeah, it, he's got it mastered. John Clay Wolf. And uh, you can hear his show 8 to 11 right down the hall and right down the dial at 98.1, our sister station, The Max. John, we appreciate your time today on the Motor Mouths. And, and I, I'm just kind of a fanboy interview. I'm just going to be honest with you because I really love your show. You're very, you and Bobo and the whole crew, you guys are really good in what you do. It's our it's our release. It, I work so hard during the week. I, I've been doing that for 16 years, and I enjoy it a lot. And thank you for tuning in, and thank you for promoting it, and thanks, guys, for letting me be on the show today. I'll, let's do it again sometime. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> thanks, John. We appreciate it, man. We'll talk again. See you, bye. All right, thanks.
Yeah, Ditch, we definitely got to get him back. There, were, there are so many more questions that I could put together for what what we could what we could go over. The guy knows his stuff with the with well, the aftercar market. I thought I thought I knew the the market pretty well. I'm I I am. Uh, You're not selling fifty two million dollars yeah. worth of cars a week. That's the difference. Plus, you know, I kind of this, this is why we get the experts on, man. That's it. And I I uh, I'm I'm fascinated by the radio show part of what he does as well. It's just it just goofs all uh, on Saturdays. With callers, and then when people call in and describe their car, and he literally sight unseen buys the car from him on the radio. It's pretty, uh, it's a pretty interesting concept. But yeah, we'll definitely have him back, and maybe one or two of his players from his show as well on a future I, episode. I gotta go out, get out to one of these uh, auctions. I'd love to, I'd love to see it in action. You know? Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he's got auctions all over the country. He's got, uh, you know, all the markets have. Uh, they'll, they'll come get your car and just and give you a check and drive off with it or load it up on the truck and haul it away. So you know, he said thirty five hundred for my Miata. I paid eighteen hundred for it. Of course I, I sunk about about eight hundred bucks into it. I had to, and I put a ton of sweat equity in it. But uh But times have changed since you bought it versus the demand for it now. Right. And a lot a lot changed since the, the last car couple of cars I bought. And, and you know what? I made a profit on that three thousand GT that I had back when he said he said it's junk, throw it out. I made about a grand or you know. <laughs> so basically every car you mentioned he listed as junk until you got to the uh, Marauder. Hey thirty five hundred <laughs> isn't junk, man. That's the uh, it was a little disappointing. I, I'm, I'd be upside down in the uh, on the Grand Cherokee, yeah. but it's also got a brand new transmission in it. That's why I've been driving it, man. I'm getting my money's worth out of it for sure. And now you're getting better gas mileage. Uh, not yet. Not Working yet. On that. Okay. Okay. All right. I still got to check the spark plugs before we see what's going on with that whole thing. Be interested to uh, follow up, and we definitely will on Bud's project to improve his gas mileage uh, here in the coming weeks on the Motor Miles. If you missed any of today's show, you want to listen back to the John Clay Wilson interview, it's very easy. Just go to Newstalk989.com at the top, click on Motor Miles, and that's also where you can connect with us, questions, comments, or otherwise. We talk about cars every Saturday. Uh, and we do it right here on News Talk 98.9. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud. And we are the Motor Mouths.